I'm glad to be back talking about, as Kevin said, the series Forgotten God. We talk a lot about God, the Father, the Creator, Jesus, the Son. And so sometimes the Holy Spirit can kind of get the short end of the stick and, and be neglected. And so our series is to think about that, the forgotten God, the Holy Spirit. And our, our whole goal is to help to discover the Holy Spirit. And so we've been using a book by Francis Chan called Forgotten God. It's a great book. And uh, we're, we're kind of walking through that together. We'll be covering uh, stuff that's covered in chapter three this week. And next week, we'll be in chapter four and chapter five if you're reading along. If you're not reading along, that's okay. We want to make it so that we're all on the same page here today. And so we hope that you'll have a lot to take away uh, from today as we continue discovering this great part of God, the Holy Spirit as we've come together to worship today. Uh, back in 2010, Twitter, the social media uh, kind of website was uh, and phenomenon, was pretty much in its infancy, about four years old. Uh, some people had kind of bought into that and some people had not yet. And one of the, the big celebrities that had not yet bought into that was hip-hop artist and uh, industry mogul Kanye West. And he wasn't of anything about Twitter, but something changed his mind. And so in around the middle of 2010, he decided he's going to get on Twitter. And he had all these people immediately follow him, as you might imagine. Uh, but he chose not to follow anyone else. And so just whenever he was going to finally do that, it was going to be some big deal. And so uh, Kanye West finally decided that he was going to follow someone, and you'd think it would be somebody big, famous. But he decided to follow a 19-year-old student who lived in Great Britain named Stephen Holmes. We've got a picture of these two guys. And so evidently Stephen Holmes had tweeted out something that caught Kanye's eye, and he decided to follow him. And so Stephen Holmes became an instant uh, celebrity overnight, not because of anything that he did, but because Kanye West followed him on Twitter. And so instantly, within one day, he had 15,000 new followers. And some of them were people who were just interested to see why was Kanye following this young man. Some of them were haters, and they were mad. They're like, you don't even know who Kanye West is. You know, why is he following you? I'm his biggest fan. He should be following me. And and many of those who followed him were in the media. They wanted a story, and they were trying to get interviews from him. And so pretty soon, uh, Stephen Holmes decided that this life was not for him. He didn't want to be known to be famous for just having a celebrity randomly choose him to follow. He wanted to be known for who he was. And he didn't have a, a relationship that he knew Kanye or Kanye knew him. And so he decided to step back from the public uh, spotlight and to get rid of the whole Twitter thing and just take a break for a while because that's not how he wanted to be known. And I think that was a pretty bold move, and he didn't take advantage of the situation. As an introvert, that would scare me half to death, and so I can understand him wanting to step back. And, and I say all this maybe as a way of introduction, as we're talking about what it means to know the Holy Spirit and to be known by the Holy Spirit. So we're talking about being known by God, to be uh, known by God. And, and, and some of us, that might excite, and we'd love to be known by God. We'd love to know more about God. And some of us, it might scare us to death. Well, I'm not sure that I'm ready to know about the Holy Spirit. That, that, that might kind of you know, freak me out a little bit. Or I certainly am a little uncertain about the Holy Spirit knowing everything there is to know about me, even though the Holy Spirit already does. And so in our lives, in your life, in your personal relationship with God, how much do you know about the Holy Spirit? How much do you know the Holy Spirit? And how much are you known by the Holy Spirit? So I just want you maybe to think about that today. 
and kind of keep that in, in, in the background as, as we talk and think about the Holy Spirit. I got an email a couple of weeks ago from someone in our congregation who's excited about the Forgotten God series and was glad that we're doing this. And, and she wrote in her email, she's like, Pastor Kyle, uh, I'm discovering that the Holy Spirit has been at work throughout my entire life and I didn't always know where the Holy Spirit was working. But now through the book and through the sermons and through especially meeting with my life group, my small group, as we talk about the Holy Spirit, as we study all this together, she said, I, I can now look back and I identify specific points in my life where the Holy Spirit was at work and I wasn't necessarily sure that was what was going on. But now I know without a doubt that the Holy Spirit has been with me. And she concluded that email by saying, I'm 82 years old and I'm still learning. I just, I love that. I love that attitude. I love that, that she has that experience. She's looking back in her life and now the light bulbs are going off and she's recognizing God's hand across her entire life. That would be my desire for you, that you would encounter the Holy Spirit in your life, that you will be able to look back in your life and say there are moments that God has had God's hand all upon you and you can trace that back to the Holy Spirit and that you can look forward to a deepening relationship with the Holy Spirit himself. And so that's why we're here in this whole series is to spend time thinking about how we can personally connect with the Holy Spirit. So I'm glad you're here today. Now, today's message is going to be a little bit different from some of the messages or sermons that I usually give. I usually like to stay with one or two, you know, maybe three key scriptures and kind of dig down into those. Today's going to be different. It's going to kind of be uh, an overarching view of the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit 101, if you will, kind of a shotgun approach. We're going to look at a lot of scripture. We're going to kind of do that in a quick way, but I just want to kind of give you an overview of some of the key things that we think are important about learning about the Holy Spirit. And so it's kind of like I'm going to turn the fire hose on so that you can drink that today. Uh, so get ready for that. Uh, just try to sit back and enjoy it. All that I'm going to say, if you want to take notes, that's great, but we're going to move quick. But it's going to be online later this week. A lot of it's going to be in the book that we're reading. Uh, but just want to kind of inundate you, begin to give a Holy Spirit one-on-one as, as so we can learn more about who the Holy Spirit is. And, and I want to start, obviously, in the Bible. We've been looking at the Holy Spirit from a New Testament perspective a lot because the Holy Spirit is all over the New Testament. But I want to go back to the Old Testament first today and show you that the Holy Spirit has, has always existed and has been an active participant in the people on the earth all the way back into the Old Testament. So I want to begin at the very first book in the book of Genesis, the verse chapter, first couple of verses, Genesis 1, verses 1 through 2, as we see the Holy Spirit is already at, at work. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Right? So it's from the very beginning of all of creation, the Spirit of God is a part of the creation process with the Father, with the Son. And so this is a very powerful, important, foundational piece of Scripture. Then we jump ahead to Job. Job is this guy who's wrestling uh, with some personal challenges in his life. A lot of stuff's going wrong for him in his life, and he's really wrestling with why that is. Uh, but Job says this in Job 33, 4, The Spirit of God has made me. 
The breath of the Almighty gives me life, right? So not only has the Spirit been foundational in creating the universe and creating the earth, but the Spirit helped to create you and me, that we are created through the Holy Spirit. And I think that's a really cool thing for us to know about. Uh, then I want to go to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Isaiah is a prophet. A prophet is a spokesperson for God. God gives prophets words to say to other people. Isaiah was prophesying to the people of Israel. And uh, this is somewhere around six or 700 years before Jesus is going to be born. And this prophecy is a prophecy about Jesus, who's going to be coming into the earth to be the Messiah. And we read this a lot of times at Christmas. But look at this, this one verse in the Old Testament, six, seven hundred years before Jesus has the whole Trinity involved in a verse that's talking about Jesus, the Son of God. For to us a child is born, uh, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So look at that, Everlasting Father, the Son, and also wonderful counselor. The Holy Spirit is the counselor that God sends to us, right? So in this passage of Scripture, the prophet predicting the birth of the Messiah, Jesus also incorporates the Trinity, right? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So I think it's pretty cool, right? A lot of New Testament stuff about the Holy Spirit, but a lot of Old Testament stuff about the Holy Spirit. So let's talk about some practical ways, some practical truths of the Holy Spirit that we can see in Scripture. Okay, so fire hose, here we go. Uh, the first is the Holy Spirit's a person. We talked about this a few weeks ago. The Holy Spirit's not an it, right? The Holy Spirit's a person, a divine person. We believe in one God in three persons, right? One God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit are the three persons. Creator, Redeemer, Sustainer. So one what God? Three who's, W-H-O, right? Three who's, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is a person. And this next one hopefully goes without saying, but I just want to state it for the record. The Holy Spirit is God, right? The Holy Spirit is fully God. One of the, the persons of the Trinity, one God, three persons, the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is also eternal, has always existed and will always exist. Has always existed, always will exist, reveals itself, reveals himself to us in different ways throughout history, but has always existed, will always exist. Now get this, this might be some rocket science for you. The Holy Spirit is also holy, right? Thus the name, the Holy Spirit. The holy means sacred. Holy means set apart. Right? Holy is intentional in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has His own mind, right? thinks things, wants things, and prays for us. I think this is really cool that, that the Holy Spirit helps us when we cannot help ourselves. The Holy Spirit's at work in our lives before we even know it. Right? The Holy Spirit goes before us to, to the rest of God. And so that's really cool. You know, sometimes when, I don't know if you've experienced it in your life, but life's so tough and hard and, and anxiety can build up so much. Sometimes I don't even feel like praying. I don't know what to pray. The comfortable thing here is that in those moments, the Holy Spirit prays for us. I just find a lot of comfort in that. And, and, and I know we've all been there. And, and, and so it's cool to know that God's got our back. The Holy Spirit also has emotions. Uh, the Apostle Paul, who founded a lot of the churches in the first century, wrote most of the New Testament, wrote in a letter to the church in Ephesus, to the Ephesian Christians in the first century, not to grieve the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, when, when we are not in a right relationship with God or with others, then, then we can cause grief to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit experiences emotions. The Holy Spirit has desires, uh, not 
my will, but God's will be done. The Holy Spirit has a will, makes decisions, right? The Holy Spirit hands out spiritual gifts to people to help build up the church in the world. And, and some of us have knowledge, some of us have wisdom, some of us are able to teach, some to administrate, some to heal, some to do miracles, uh, some have incredible faith. The Holy Spirit is the one who assigns which gifts go to whom. Uh, the Holy Spirit is omnipotent, which means uh, all-powerful, can do anything. The Holy Spirit is omnipresent, can, is everywhere, right? The Holy Spirit is everywhere. The Holy Spirit is omniscient, which means the Holy Spirit knows everything. Omni means all, right? So all-powerful, all-present, everywhere, all-knowing, right? So the Holy Spirit truly is God. Now, how does the Holy Spirit work with you and me? I think there are three key ways that the Bible teaches us that we can encounter the Holy Spirit. The first of those is that the Holy Spirit works with us before we even believe. Now think about that. The Holy Spirit is at work in our lives before we even believe in God. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Right? The Holy Spirit goes before us and is at work in our lives. Now let me tell you how I've seen this work in, in my life, how I've seen it work in countless of other lives of people who come to faith in God is that before we know who God is, when we do something wrong, we'll, we'll feel guilty about that. We'll feel that there's something off in our life. There's something broken. Now, some people would say that's our conscience. And I think that's a, you know, that's a very fair and a valid, truthful statement. But I think even below that, that's the Holy Spirit working in our life to say, you know what? You haven't got it all figured out. There's, there's something broken in you. And you should feel bad about that. But, but let me tell you what, there's an answer and I want to lead you to what that answer is, right? That's, of course, God. Another way that I've seen it work is that people in life, you know, doing well, you know, ups and downs and all that. But even when in the best of times, in the best of times, not in a relationship with God, it's still not enough. And there's, there's something missing, right? We might have relationships. We have money. We might have power, success. You know, we do it good at our jobs, whatever. In the best day of our life, there's still something missing, and leaves us wanting more. And that's the Holy Spirit saying to us, you're not going to truly be satisfied. You're not truly going to experience a full life until you have a relationship with God. And so the Holy Spirit is stirring up that, that missing piece inside of us. So before we even know God, before we become believers, the Holy Spirit is at work in our life trying to draw us towards God, to be open to hearing the message preached or, or lived out in our lives or reading scripture. And so the Holy Spirit is at work even before we know who God is. I think that's really amazing. Uh, the Holy Spirit also comes into us as believers. When we when we confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior, when we turn away from our living without God and invite Jesus to come in and save us, then the Holy Spirit comes and lives in us. We saw that in John's gospel a few weeks ago. And Jesus himself says that he's going to send the Spirit to us and the Spirit's going to live in us. And so that holiness comes inside of us. And that's a powerful thing to know that we're never alone, that the Holy Spirit dwells within us and that, that our bodies become the temple of God themselves. What a holy and sacred calling each of us has to house the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit comes upon us to empower us as believers. Right, So to go out into the world and, and to be witnesses to other people through our words and our actions, that intimidates us sometimes. To, to, do the right, to do the right thing, even though it's easier to do the wrong thing, to stand up for doing the right thing out in the world. You think about the early disciples and how sometimes they just really got it wrong and they didn't understand who God was or who Jesus was. And, 
And when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they were so bold and they went out and they stood up to the people that had Jesus killed and, and they could do miracles and all kinds of things. The Holy Spirit was a big difference maker in their lives, right? Empowers us as believers, okay? So the Holy Spirit, three ways that we can encounter the Holy Spirit. So what does the Spirit do in our lives, right? Here's some practical ways that we can see the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. One of them is that the Holy Spirit sometimes helps us say what we need to say. Have you ever had a conversation with someone and you just had this incredible wisdom coming out of your mouth that you knew that there's no way you yourself could have said that? Uh, That's the Holy Spirit at work within you. And this happens in pressure situations. It happens in in other situations, right? It's just you step back and you're like, who's moving my mouth, right? That's just incredible. My wife says that whenever I say anything wise, that's definitely the Holy Spirit working through Kyle's mouth. And so it's true, right? God gives us the ability, especially in some pressure-filled situations. He helps us speak. Uh, the Holy Spirit's our comforter, our advisor, our encourager, uh, our strength, right? The, the Holy Spirit is our friend. The Holy Spirit is our, our mentor. The Holy Spirit walks with us through life. We are not alone. The Holy Spirit empowers us to be God's witnesses to the world. Uh, we just talked about how the, the change in the disciples was, you know, to be bold. Sometimes, we, you know, it's hard to be bold for Christ, even in our families or at work or at school. And I was just talking to one of our church members out in the lobby between services. He just got back from a business trip to the Middle East, and uh, he carried his Bible with him. He was in a country that if they found his Bible with him, they would have thrown him in jail. How do you do that? He's like, I just trust that God is with me. That, that's an amazing witness of someone in our own church just got back volatile Middle East, and he goes year after year after year. He's like, some people, you know, have it on their phones, but I just feel that I've got to take my Bible with me, right? God empowers us. He emboldens us to to do the work of the Lord out in the world. The Holy Spirit also puts to death our misdeeds, right? The, The bad stuff that we do sets us free from sins that we cannot get rid of on our own. When we surrender to Jesus, Jesus gives us power over sin. Right? We, are, we are taken from sinners to saints. We're taken from sinners to winners. Right? We're on God's team, but there's individual sin that still clings to us. And it's hard to shake off. And we each have our own personal demons that kind of cling to us. The Holy Spirit helps us get rid of that. Right? That's why the Spirit's with us the rest of our lives. Some of us, that might be anger. Some of us, it might be fear. Some of us, it might be lust, pride, power. You know, what is your sin of choice that you just can't seem to shake? The Holy Spirit is the one who can help us shake that, right? Because the Holy Spirit is with us and has power and gives us power. The Holy Spirit lets us know that we're God's children. I know sometimes we just wonder, is there a God? Does God care for me? Am I in a right relationship with God? The Holy Spirit comes and gives us comfort and says, yes, you are. You're my child. And I am with you and you are not alone. You are mine. The Holy Spirit gives us that confidence that we are God's. The Holy Spirit convicts people of sin. What that means is, we talked about it just a minute ago, is that the Holy Spirit lets us know when we mess up. And we feel bad about that. And we should feel bad about that. But the Holy Spirit says there's something good because now you can be forgiven for that. So the Holy Spirit draws to our attention things that we are doing that we shouldn't be doing. Sometimes we're really blind to that, but the Holy Spirit will get to us eventually. So the Holy Spirit lets us know, draws attention to the things that might and are broken in our lives. The Holy Spirit brings life and freedom. We talk about living life to the full in the earth, right? The Holy Spirit allows us, empowers us to live life to the full 
Talk about freedom from sin and death and guilt and shame and hell, right? The separation from God and one another, right? The Holy Spirit sets us free from that. It sets us free from, uh, from fear, sets us free from anxiety, right? The Holy Spirit is, is a miracle worker. The Holy Spirit fills us with hope. When we live in our darkest day, when we don't know what's happening next, when we're deep mired under fear and anxiety, the Spirit comes and gives us hope that God's going to do something special in our lives. And the Holy Spirit gives us spiritual gifts. Again, if you want to go to 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, there are all kinds of lists of, of, of these spiritual gifts. Each of us have been given gifts to build up the church, to build up the body of Christ in the world, to do God's work out in the world. And, and some of us uh, have gifts that others don't. And so we have to come together. If we withhold these gifts from the church or from the world, then we're hurting people and maybe delaying them from encountering a relationship with God. So what are your gifts? And are you using those to serve God in the world? I wish I had time to, we could spend a whole sermon series on spiritual gifts, and maybe we need to do that sometime. And then the fruit of the Spirit, right? If we have the Spirit in our lives, this is what our lives are going to look like. Uh, we have love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It doesn't mean we don't have our moments. Right, but that these things become a part of our life when we walk with the Spirit, when the Spirit lives in us, that, that our lives begin to mirror this. Again, we're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes. There's going to be fear. There's going to be anxiety. But, but on the whole, this is what our life begins to look like when we walk with God. So I know that's a lot of information. That's a ton of stuff. And again, I hope you go back and, and, and read this in the book, watch the sermon again, take some notes. Go and look up these scriptures for yourselves because they're very important and it's good for us to, to do that. But you know, maybe the question now is, well, so what? So what does this mean for my life? That's a lot. What am I supposed to walk away with? What am I supposed to do with this? What, is, what does it look like for me in my own life? And this is kind of where I think the so what moment is, is that knowing about the Holy Spirit is a step to knowing the Holy Spirit. Right? We gotta, we, we, we've got to have some head knowledge about the Holy Spirit. That, that's an important step. right? Knowing about the Holy Spirit is a step towards actually knowing the Holy Spirit in a personal way. So I'd invite you to take that step. Learn more about the Holy Spirit. Read the Scripture. Read this book. Read these passages of Scripture that we just went over. Talk about it in a life group. If you're not in a life group, we can help you connect to one of those, right? It's a place where we can learn more, to know more about the Holy Spirit. It helps us take a step towards knowing the Holy Spirit. So take that step. Find out all you can about the Holy Spirit. I think that's an important thing. That's what you're doing right here, right now. But then I would ask you not to, to just stop. I'd ask you to keep taking some steps. Don't just know about the Holy Spirit, but know the Holy Spirit as in enter a relationship with the Holy Spirit. The easiest way to do that is to invite the Holy Spirit in to say, Holy Spirit, I, I want to encounter you like the people Pastor Kyle's been talking about, like the Bible's been talking about. Come and live in me. Guide me. I want to know you in a personal way. I just don't want to know about you. Head knowledge is good. I want some heart knowledge. I want some experience. Holy Spirit, come and live in me. That's a step that I really encourage you to take, is to invite the Holy Spirit into your life to become part of who you are. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that today. Come back next week. We're really going to talk about what does it look like to have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit? Not just knowing about the Holy Spirit, but knowing the Holy Spirit. So 
Right? Knowing about the Holy Spirit is a step towards knowing the Holy Spirit. Right? Take that step, but take a step beyond that. Invite the Holy Spirit in so that we can encounter the Holy Spirit into our lives. Again, a couple of ways that I've seen this uh, in life. Uh, there's a guy in our church, his name is Larry, he's retired, and he felt the Holy Spirit in his life tugging on him to start a life group for some of his friends and people with similar things going on in their lives, but he just didn't have the confidence that he was the right person to lead the life group. So he met with Pastor Nancy, and, and they talked about it, and he's really been praying about it, and so he, he called up his, his grown son who lives out of town, who's also a Christian, active in his church. He's like, son, you know, I really feel that God's calling me to do this, I, I feel I'm led to lead the life group, but I still have the confidence to do that. His son said, Dad, you've got everything you need. You've got the desire. God's done something in your life. He's like, the Holy Spirit will give you the words that you need. And so Larry took the leap of faith and, and he studied hard, right? He still did his work. But when he got into the life group, he's become an awesome leader. It's one of the best life groups that we've got. They're just, they're just rocking it out. And, and, and it's cool to see how Larry is able to let the Holy Spirit work through him. And again, he doesn't just show up and he doesn't do his homework, right? He, he, he does what he's supposed to do, but he lets the Holy Spirit work through him and it's changed his life. And it's just given him this awesome experience in the small group, this life group has really taken his faith to a new level. Another way that I've seen God at work through the Holy Spirit, right when I was uh, uh, ordained as a pastor, graduated from divinity school, serving in my first church setting, and I got a call one day. It wasn't from a church member. It was when actually one of my friends that I grew up with, went to high school with, one of my best friends ever in the whole world still is. And he said, Kyle, he's like, man, something's happened to me. God has gotten a hold of me and something has happened. I don't know how to talk about it. I don't know what's happened. Can you come over right now and help me with this? And I'm like, well, absolutely, you know. And I was excited because uh, we, we grew up, he grew up in the church he went to church, but we never really had deep spiritual kind of conversations like this. And so uh, I was excited. I was also scared to death. And so I'm you know, driving over there and like, please, God, help me not to blow this. You know, I don't want to pour like water on his fire. Like, help me be able to help my friend. So I got to his house and I'm like, tell me what's going on. He's like, I just have been overwhelmed with what I know is the presence of God. And like, he's this big, strong guy, and he's got tears in his eyes. He's like, this is, I've never encountered anything like this. I don't know what it is. I don't know what to do. Can you help me with this? And all that praying I've been doing, man, the Holy Spirit listened and heard me. And so I went directly to Scripture with him to this passage in the book of Romans in chapter 8, verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans, right? And the Holy Spirit knew that my friend needed to take a, a next step in his relationship with God. I mean, this was like life-altering. And so the Spirit prayed for my friend in a way that he couldn't. I, I read this to my friend, and he just, we started crying, we started praying, and just tears of joy. Like, he's like, that is it. That is what is happening to me. And, and, and it gave him like a framework for what God was doing in his life. And so, uh, you know, the next Sunday we got together, he came to my church. He went to a different church, but he came and, and, um, He'd been baptized before, so I can't re-baptize him, but, but we, we have a, a process that, you know, we take water and we remember the baptism, and, and he rededicated his life to God, and, and he got involved. He's a, he's a musician. He started leading a choir in a church, and, like, I mean, his life changed because the Holy Spirit got a hold of him. And if it can happen to my friend, it can happen to you, right? 
It's not just knowing about the Holy Spirit, it's knowing the Holy Spirit. And, and the good news is that we don't even have to make the first move. The Holy Spirit's doing that, right? The Holy Spirit's working in our life before we even know it. And so I'm guessing that all of us might have been feeling this tug in our life that we don't know what it is. And maybe we can say now, that's the Holy Spirit wanting to be in a relationship with me. Today's a great day to say, yes, God, I invite you to come and, and be a part of my life. We're going to celebrate Holy Communion in just a minute in which we remember Jesus when he was on the earth as, as a son of God, still God, also human. His last meal with his friends, he took a loaf of bread and he broke it. And he said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. And he took a cup of wine and gave it to them and said, take and drink. This is my blood of the new covenant so that you may be forgiven your sins, right? Whenever you do this, remember me. What he was doing was, he's getting them ready. He's going to be killed on the cross. His body was going to be broken. His blood was going to be shed. And he's going to come back to life, right? So that our, our wrongdoing can be forgiven. Our guilt and shame can be taken away. We can have life to the full and live forever in the kingdom of, of God. That's what we're celebrating today, right? The cool thing is the Holy Spirit is already working in our lives and saying, you need that. Right, the Father, God the Father created you. The Son died for you, came back to life. The Holy Spirit saying, you need this. You need it right now. Right, and so if you've never encountered God, today I, I invite you to pray, God, come into my life. I'm tired of living a life that's broken without you. I, I believe in Jesus. I want to believe that he came and he died and he came back to life so I can leave all this junk behind. God, I'm ready to leave it behind. Take my guilt. Take my shame. Take my brokenness. Forgive me. Come and live in me. You know, let me have the guilt and shame replaced with joy and love and forgiveness. Let me live life to the full with you, God. Let me live forever in the kingdom of heaven, right? And the Holy Spirit is the one that's calling you to that. The Holy Spirit's going to be the one that comes, right, when we receive the forgiveness of Jesus. It's going to come and, and live in us and, and walk with us as we go out from this place. It comes, right? The Holy Spirit's at work in our lives. The Holy Spirit's work inside of us. The Holy Spirit comes upon us, right? Now is your opportunity not just to learn about, to know about the Holy Spirit, but now is your opportunity to experience the Holy Spirit and also God the Father, the Creator, Jesus the Son, the Redeemer, and the Holy Spirit, the one who sustains us. So I invite you to pull out your communion packs that, that you were handed this morning. I just want you to know, you don't have to be a member of our church to, to receive this. You don't have to be a baptized Christian. This is God's free gift to all of us. This bread symbolizes the body of Jesus that's broken for us. This grape juice symbolizes the blood of Christ that is shed for us. And let's, before we take it, let's just have a, a brief moment of prayer. Holy Spirit, we invite you into our lives. We invite you into our hearts. Uh, thank you, God, for, for calling us to, to come and, and fall and ask for forgiveness at your feet. Thank you for creating us, God, as a Father. Thank you for redeeming us as Jesus, the Son, on the cross. And, and thank you for being with us, God, and, and calling us here as the Holy Spirit today. Make this bread and grape juice, God, the body and the blood of Jesus Christ broken and shed for us. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, you are welcome inside each of us. Come in, Lord, forgive us. Make us be truly followers of you. Fill us with the Holy Spirit. Let us know you, God. Let you just, just pour through our, our lives and out into our world. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray today. Amen. So if you'll tear back the top here and get this wafer knowing this is the body of Jesus broken for us.
You can peel back that next uh, covering. This is the blood of Jesus shed for us. Thanks be to God in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Speaking of the Holy Spirit, I want to invite uh, two people to come forward right now. Uh, Bill Campbell, his wife, Nancy Miller Campbell, uh, full of the Holy Spirit. They've been with us in our church, uh, first Sharon United Methodist, now South Park Church, for 14 years. Uh, Nancy's retiring, uh, and this is our time to thank them uh, and to wish them well. We've honored them with the banquet. We honored them in the first service today. And we honor them now uh, for all that they've done for us. And so thank you for all the heartfelt things that you've done. We presented with them earlier uh, a memory book that Heather Paris kind of put together. And all of you contributed to that. And Nancy and Bill are going to look at that when they get home today. We gave them prayer shawls uh, from our prayer group. And uh, in Scripture, it says we're to be covered in prayer. And it symbolizes that we're covering them in prayer. But... We're here today to say goodbye, but not forever, right? As believers, it's always until we see again. And so we want to honor them in their ministry today. And just like it says in the book uh, of Acts all throughout Scripture, we lay hands on people in prayer. So I just invite you where you are to extend a hand and invoke the Holy Spirit upon Bill and Nancy uh, as we honor them today. Gracious and ever-loving God, thank you for Bill and for Nancy. For 14 years of incredible ministry together, God, first through Sharon and now through South Park Church. We can't begin to list all the ways that they've affected and touched our lives, Lord, but we are grateful for them. We thank you for Nancy's care and being a listening ear for us, for being the soul, Lord, that, that helps us connect with you, for being a counselor to us, God, for the many wonderful uh, prayers and sermons and leading scripture uh, and small groups, Lord, and life groups, and Stephen ministry, and just being the, that tender voice, that listening ear that we can always count on, God. Thank you for Bill, God, the wonderful ways that uh, he has served you through our, our adult choir, Lord, through anchoring our setup and takedown team, through leading a men's group, Lord, through all the many behind-the-scenes things that, that he has done. God, today it's a sad day for us because we love them so much and we're going to miss seeing them every week. And that just means, God, that we have deep relationships with them. We're also, God, excited for them as they begin a new chapter of their lives, having more time to spend together as husband and wife, spending time with their grown children, God, expecting their first grandchild later this Thanksgiving, Lord. We just, we celebrate so much to be able to go and visit colleagues and other churches and worship places, Lord. And God, we just know that you have great things ahead of them. And as you say in the scriptures, we, we say your words to Nancy and to Bill, well done, good and faithful servants. And we know that today is not goodbye. It is until we see one another again. Help them know how much we love them and support them and will miss them and are also excited for them. Thank you, God, for letting your Holy Spirit be evident in these two wonderful Christians. It's in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that we pray. Amen. We love you guys.